Good morning. Good morning. God bless you for joining us this morning. We are so happy to be here before you with a word from the Lord. Amen. Amen. We are meeting at the Crossroads Ministries. We are not a church, but we are a people who believe that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. The one way to salvation and eternity. Amen. Amen. God bless you. So I'm going to open up with a prayer. Father God, we thank you for what you're doing in our lives. We thank you for waking us up this morning. We thank you for the breath in our lungs, Lord God, that we have another day to get it right with you. Lord, we know that everyone falls short, Lord God, and we all need daily forgiveness and deliverance. We give you glory and honor for your word that's going to come forth this morning. And we thank you that no weapon is formed against any of us shall prosper because you are our Lord, our Savior, and our covering. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. The message this morning is, what was Jonah's problem? If you were with us last um, time that I spoke, we talked about a scripture and a story and I said this time when I came, when I was going to talk about the consequences of disobedience. What happens when you don't do what God tells you to do? Amen? Amen. So when we lean to our own understanding, when God gives us a command, that's a problem. Would we agree that that is a problem? Yes. For the word tells us what? To lean not to our own understanding but in all ways acknowledge God, and he's the one that directs our path. When we want to know which way to go, we seek God. One test of our trust in God is our obedience to him. When you trust someone and they tell you to do something, you're likely to do it because you trust them, right? right. Amen. Sometimes when you question that person, you say, oh, I don't know if I should follow what they said. Get kind of shaky then. Right. So, you can ask yourself the question, when God speaks, do you obey? That's a self-reflection question, amen? amen? When he talks, do you obey? Right. Listening and obeying are two very different things. How many parents have ever had their children say, yeah, I heard you, right? That shows that, yeah, they heard what you said, but there's no evidence that they heard because you don't see that they did what you told them. Amen? Amen. That's a common problem that happens even, I guess, more so when the children get to those teenage years. They begin to question the parents, right? right. The same thing with our walk with the Lord. When we get to a certain stage in our development, we start to question God. We say, okay, now I don't really have to do everything he tells me. I hear you, Lord. But I got some questions about that, so I don't know if I'm going to do that, right. right? You see the analogy and the similarity to make it plain like every day. So how many of you like repeating yourself? That's one of my pet peeves. I do not like repeating the same thing over and over again. So I'm just wondering how God feels when he gives us a command or tells us to do something and he has to repeat himself over and over again. Think about that as a parent. 
When you tell your child to do something that you know is going to benefit them and they don't do it, even though they heard you. And so what they say, mom or dad, you don't have to say it over again. You don't have to tell me that again. And my response is always, yes, I have to say it again until I see the evidence that you've heard me. So what's the evidence that you've heard? I see the action followed, right? right? That's the only way I know that you heard and understood me is that you did what I asked. So the usual reasons for not doing something is usually because a person is too busy or they don't feel that your request is important. They don't agree with what you said or they simply don't feel like it. A lot of times that happens. We see that throughout, not just the world, but sometimes even in the body of Christ. Not every time God tells us something, do we feel like doing it? And this is what we're going to hear about in the book of Jonah, because he was one of God's prophets. One of God's people, his mouthpiece. And he didn't agree with what God was saying. He didn't feel like doing what God said. Right. Amen? Amen. So back to the title. What was Jonah's problem? What was his reason for listening but not doing? Listening and not doing. So let's go to Jonah chapter 1, 1 and 2. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. So God saw the wickedness. Amen? Amen. In the world today, God sees the wickedness. It's definitely come up before him. And as people of God, as messengers, as ambassadors for him and the earth, we are to speak out against it. That's your calling. Everyone has different callings, but that one calling is to share the good news and to preach the word of God to everyone. If you are called, if you are a child of God, you are to speak with your father, what he says, his word. Amen. Amen. You can't speak what you don't know. So the first thing would be to read the word, right? right? To study, to show yourself approved. You gotta study. Right. You gotta know what his word says. You gotta spend time in prayer so he can speak to you individually. Because he might tell someone to do something and he's gonna tell you to do something else. All for the same goal. All for the same mission of saving souls, but the strategies are different. The areas where we are to go are different. Different gifts, talents. Different gifts, talents. Amen. So what did Jonah do when he heard the Lord tell him to arise and go to Nineveh? What did he do? Jonah 1 and 3 says, But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. His Reaction was, I heard you, but I'm going to go somewhere else. That's never a wise decision. Not only did he not listen, but he went someplace far. Well, he attempted to go someplace far. He didn't make it. 
what ain't from God, you ain't going to make it, right? Amen. So God said Nineveh and Jonah said, nah, I'm going to Tarshish. So now I have this little map that I printed out. I want to show you. It is of that area. And you see Nineveh and you see Tarshish. Big, big difference from where he was in Joppa, right? Five hundred and fifty miles to obey God in Nineveh, but because he didn't feel like going there, he wanted to go three two thousand and five hundred miles the other way. That's a that's a serious disobedience, right? Yes. He wanted to step off way to the other side. So in today, Joppa is Tel Aviv in Israel. Oh, really? Yes. And Nineveh is Iraq. And Tarshish is Spain. So he was trying to really go way off the chart, right? He said, no, nah, I'm not deaf. Who of us today think about it? What's going on in the, in the Middle East? Who wants to go to Iraq? You know, even if you're a born-again Christian, right? We don't feel like going over there. I said, Lord, please, please, right? Thank God. I'm telling you, the call sometimes is rough, you know? So Jonah was one of God's prophets, his mouthpiece, but he refused to speak this thing. He refused to go to Nineveh and tell them about their wickedness. That's what his command was. That was his assignment. Tell them about the wrong that they're doing. How many of us look at the world today and say, I'm speaking out against the wrong that I'm seeing and feel comfortable? It's not comfortable telling people that's not right, that's wrong, because they're not going to receive it, right. especially if they don't know the word of God. They're not born again. They're of the world system, right, of the devil, and you come and telling them what they're doing is wrong, like what? And if they love it, it's even worse. That's right. If they love the sin, it's even harder. But God still gave the command to preach his word because he wanted them to come to repentance so even though we look at this world and we say oh it is horrible god won't you just come down here and strike all these people you know just get it over with god still has a heart for us to minister to these people so that they can repent and enjoy salvation that's his desire no matter how fed up we get looking at it you know because you look at the world, you'd be like, oh, this is just too much sin. It's overkill. And in our flesh, if it was us, I guess if we was God, we would have been sent Jesus back. We're like, yeah. let's get this done with, you know. But his grace and his mercy is everlasting. Thank you, God, for that. So God is still calling for us to preach salvation to the lost. Amen? Amen. That's what we must do. So the wickedness that has come up before God has not caused him to hate us, has not caused us, caused him to want to kill us. It's grieving his Holy Spirit. And what he wants is his people, us, to rise up and begin to go forth more strong with the salvation, with salvation, with um, repentance, with that message, amen, with deliverance. These are the things that should be in our mouths. And yes, we have to say when someone is doing something wrong. 
you have to speak out against it because this is what Jonah was supposed to do. God told him not to go there and just be sweet and nice, but to rebuke and reprove the wickedness, to tell them that they're doing wrong in the sight of God. Amen? Amen. What happens today when we do that? When you see someone at fault and you approach them, the first thing that they're going to say is, who do you think you are? How are you going to judge me? They don't see that there is a difference between judging and reproofing. They're not the same. There's a difference. So here's the distinction. Reproof, this is the definition, is an expression of blame or disapproval, criticism for a fault, a scolding. It's a scolding. As a, an ambassador for Christ in the earth, it doesn't mean that we're perfect, no, but it gives us authority through Jesus, according to the scriptures, to tell someone when they're in error. Not to make them feel bad, right? right. Not to bring them down, but to save them, to cause a repentance. It's always for the, that good of them. If you're doing something and speaking on someone just because, you just feel like it with no good intentions that's totally different we're talking about people that love you people that want your soul saved want the best for you yes and as parents we want the best for our children amen, amen. god as our father he wants the best for us his children he's not going to tell us to do something that's going to cause us harm so you can't tell someone about a fault and you don't have scripture to back it up. It's not about your feelings and your opinions about something, right? It's rooted and grounded in the word of God. Another thing you will hear them say is, don't push your beliefs on me. This is happening right now. I'm reading different things on the internet and stuff, and you'll see where people stand up for Christ and they'll say, don't push those beliefs on me. And this is a revelation that I got this morning as I was putting this together, as the Lord was formulating this message and I was typing it. The Holy Spirit said, he is not a belief, he is a fact. Amen? Think about that. He's not a belief. I'm looking at the couch right now. And I can tell you that I believe the couch is comfortable, right? Anybody can come at me and persuade someone to feel differently about that couch. Right. It's not comfortable, right? But if I say the couch is black, no one can say anything because that's a fact. The couch is black. You can't persuade someone other way because it's a fact. When you're in school and you study philosophy, they talk about fact and opinion. Right. You know, opinions can be topsy-turvy. They can vary. You can have one opinion today and feel something totally different tomorrow, but the facts remain the same. Amen? Amen. So, yes. So, what, what he showed me, the Holy Spirit, is he said the devil plays with believers' 
but he can't mess with knowers. Knowers. K-N-O-W-E-R-S. Amen? Amen? Now, let me break that down, how he gave it to me. Believe is, in um, Hebrew, is pistuua. If you want to know the spelling for your own study, it's P-I-S-T-E-U-O. And it means to be persuaded of. Someone convinces you of something. So you believe it. Now, this is the word no. It's gnosko. G-I-N-O-S-K-O. This means to know. It means to be taken in knowledge. To come to know. To recognize and understand. Big difference. If you believe something, that means someone convinced you of it. But when you begin to take in knowledge, when you know, when you begin to recognize who God is, when you begin to understand who he is, then no one can persuade you elsewhere, right? Because you move beyond believing to knowing. So now for me personally, when someone asks me, if I believe in God, I'm going to say, no, I know God. I don't just believe in God. I know God. This is not something that some man persuaded me into. This is something that God showed me as fact. His Holy Spirit resides in me, right? It abides in the believers of him who have been baptized with the Holy Spirit. So people get stuck right here. Between believing and knowing. After you have been persuaded. If you come to church. And the minister is preaching a good message. And it sounds real fiery. And you get emotional. You get excited. And he makes you believe what he's saying. But you don't have any understanding of what he's saying. You just feel good about it. So you say, okay, I believe it. So what does that do? That means... Someone else can come and give you another good feeling and make you believe something else. That's what the devil does. If the word is not rooted and grounded in you, right? If it's not on that solid ground, if it's on a stony, right? Stony ground, it can be plucked up. It can be blown away. It can be shaken. So that's what the devil does. If you only believe without knowing, you can be thrown off easily. You got to know this is real. You got to know God is real. You got to know he is the only way, the truth, and the life, right? No man comes to the Father but through the Son. You can't get there no other way. You got to know that. Because many are going to come to persuade you to believe something else if you don't know it. That's the difference. Isn't that deep? Right. That is. Hallelujah. So I pray this morning that you become knowers, not just believers. Know. Jonah 1 and 3. We're going to go back there. So Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa. And he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them into Tarshish 
from the presence of the Lord. Isn't that something? Not only did he disobey and decide to go elsewhere, I call this a setup by the devil, that there was a ship waiting and he had the money or the fare to pay. So think about that today. When God tells you to do something and you begin to question it, right? Should I go here or should I go there? And then something opens up for you to go over there against what God told you. Some people say, oh, that's a blessing. Look what just opened up. You mistake it for a blessing. Can you see that? Right. How, how Jonah could easily be fooled and think because the ship is there. I got the money or the fare. This must be something that I can do. He believed that he could escape. He didn't know. Right? He wasn't a knower yet. He was a believer. He believed God, but he didn't understand or know the power of that call. He didn't understand that you can't escape when God tells you to do something. Amen? That's right. So he was easily persuaded. He persuaded himself into believing that if he got on that ship, everything was going to be okay. And he could get out of it. But we know what happened, right? He put everybody on that ship in danger. And God sent a great storm. There was no peace. There was a great wind, right? Getting ready to take everybody out for that one disobedient person. So that gives you a good idea of thinking about who you're hanging with. Hanging around with disobedient people. You can get in trouble. People that just you know are not going the way God wants them to go. Pray for them. Speak into their lives, but don't be hanging with them. Because you don't want to go down and, and feel those consequences that's going to hit them for disobedience. Get off that ship. Amen? Go where God calls you to go. So Jonah found this ship. And he thought that he made it big. Ha, huh. I do not have to go to Nineveh now. I'm going to just ride this out. So this is the news flash for you. If your plans are taking you away from what God told you to do, the hookup is from the devil, not God. Whatever door opens up to you to go against God is not a blessing. It's a curse. Some people think every door that opens up is a blessing. No. Some of it is a, a doorway to disobedience, right? To destruction. to destruction. And you take it as, oh, if it opened up, it must be right. No. The devil opens a lot of doors. He opens a lot of doors before people. You have to know which one to enter in. The only way to know is to know when God has called you to do something that's the direction you go. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. So this is another thing that was known. How did the enemy know how to set Jonah up? Because a lot of times when God tells us to do something and say we don't feel like doing it, we begin to verbalize it, right? Ah, oh, man. I don't feel like doing that because you know the devil can't read your mind, but he can hear everything that you release out of your mouth. So when you begin 
grumbling and complaining about the call, he knows that you're looking for a way out. So what is he going to do? Provide a way out. He's going to provide a way into destruction. It was no secret that Jonah was pissed off and disgusted with the people of Nineveh. The Bible tells us he did not want them to repent. He wanted God to do the Sodom and Gomorrah thing. Light them up. Light them up, God. They don't deserve to be saved. Now, that's judgment. That's when you're doing the wrong thing, judging. When you have the audacity to say someone doesn't deserve to be saved because they have done too much, that's judging. But when you scold them, when you rebuke them, when you reproof them for a wrong, according to scripture, that's an expression of love. Because you don't want them to go to hell. You don't want them to suffer unnecessary consequences from just obeying God. Just do what God said. You avoid a lot of trouble that way. Amen? Amen. So back to the question. What was Jonah's problem? Can you have an idea in your mind now from what you've heard? His problem was he believed in God, but he didn't know God. That was number one. The second thing is he didn't agree with what God told him to do. He felt the Nineveh did not deserve a second chance. They were wicked and needed to be dealt with. Isn't that judgmental? Even with that judgmental state of mind, God still called him to do the assignment. So that means Jonah had to get out of his own flesh, his own carnal way of thinking, right? His own opinions and beliefs and just do what God called him to do. Because God said, I don't want anyone to perish, right? Not one, that, that, but that all should come to repentance. So regardless of what we feel, God said, I want them. I love them, right? Right. Jonah chapter 2. So how did Jonah get to know God? How did he move from just believing in God to knowing? It happened in a very hard place. Amen? Jonah 2, 1 and 4 says, Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly. He was in a hard spot. He got swallowed up by a fish. And now he's, he's in a place now where he's going to get to know God. He has no choice now because he's in that hard place. How many have seen or you have been that person where God had to put you in a hard corner before you cried out and said, okay, God, let me understand what you want from me so I can obey. You see people do that today. The world is filled with people that will not bow down until God presses them in a corner. Some people are that hard-headed that it takes that. I know what I want. I know what I believe. I don't agree with all that stuff in that Bible. I know. I studied this book, and I studied this book, and I studied science and history, and I know more than God. 
So therefore, I'm going to do what I want to do. Uh, sometimes people say there's more than God out there. Yes, people say there's more than God out there. Yes, there is. There's a bunch of demons. There's a whole lot more. There's a bunch of idols. There's a bunch of false gods. There's a bunch of wizards and witches. That's all out there waiting for those that just believe and can be easily persuaded because they don't know God. They don't recognize who he is and they don't have that understanding that he is omnipotent. Right? Almighty, Almighty God. Nothing above him. Nothing more powerful than him. No wisdom higher than his. He is the all in all. My um, son, Minister Moses, preached a word on the importance of a sound mind. So when I was thinking about this, when you finally come to knowing God and you surrender, you move into a sound mind because anything else is insanity. Amen? Minister Moses said it's insane. It's insanity to go against God. Amen? Yes, it is. Are you sane today or are you insane? If you're trying to escape God, you are insane. You are not in your right mind. You do not have a sound mind if you believe that you can run from God. Amen? Right. Amen. How can you run from someone that is omnipresent, right? Omnipotent, omnipresent, all-knowing, all-seeing. He is everywhere at the same time. There is nowhere you can go where God is not. Darkness, you can hide. Hallelujah. Once the light shows up, everything in the darkness is exposed. You cannot hide anything from him. He knows your thoughts. So now we go to Jonah chapter 3, 1 through 3. After all of this, it took all of this for Jonah to begin to cry out. I just have to go back up because I just realized I did not read Jonah 2, 1 through 4. It says, then Jonah prayed unto the Lord, his God, out of the fish's belly. And now let's continue from there. Verse 2. And said, I cried by reason of my affliction unto the Lord. And he heard me. Out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou heardest my voice. He was in the belly of hell. He, he that's how he described this situation. He was in hell. And he said he was crying out by reason of his affliction. He was crying out because he, he was in a bad spot. And he needed help. And did God close his ears? No. He said God heard. But why wait that long, right? Why not hear and obey now? Why wait to get in hell, in the belly of a fish, in a hard place, right? Why wait? 
For thou hast cast me into the deep, in the midst of the seas, and the floods compassed me about. All the billows and the, the, um, thy waves passed over me. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again towards thy holy temple. There it is. This verse 4. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again towards thy holy temple. He finally came to his senses. And all this, in this hard place, I'm going to finally look to thy holy temple. I'm going to pay attention now, God. I hear you got my attention now. So now I'm going to move from this believing to knowing. I'm going to know and understand you now. It took all of that to get him to understand what God was saying to him. Finally, he came to the conclusion, I can't escape this. You have to come to that conclusion in your own life. That even though you may not agree with the assignment God has given you, you may feel it's too heavy for you to do. You got to come to the understanding that you cannot escape it. If God called you to do it, he is going to continue to hold you accountable to that. Amen? Amen. You're responsible to fulfill that. It's your reasonable service to him to present your bodies a living sacrifice. Right? So now we have Jonah in chapter 3, verse 1 through 3. And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time. So after he finally found himself in this crazy hard place and decides to, you know, obey, finally, this is what God tells him. And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time, saying, Arise. Go unto Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. So Jonah arose, and guess what Jonah did? And went unto Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. He got some sense. He finally understood and realized, I got to do this. Amen? Amen? Thank you, God, for obedience. Thank you, God, for those that don't have to go into the hard place first. I think of that as the scripture with God speaking and, uh, to Thomas and saying, you know, you touch my wounds and you believe, but it's, it's more blessed for those that believe and have not seen, right? Right. It's, it's more of a blessing to you when you obey without God having to push you and prod you, right? Just obey him because you love and trust him. How many parents feel better when you tell your child to do something and they do it? Or you feel good and better when you got to continuously go behind them? Did you do that yet? Did you do it? Didn't I say? Right? Think about that. God speaking to us over and over again did you do it yet did you obey me yet did you follow what i told you to do 
Yeah, God, I heard you. I heard you, Lord. But did you do it? I heard you. I heard you. You don't have to repeat yourself. God is going to repeat himself as long as you haven't done it. Yes, he does have to repeat himself. Not gonna go away. That's right. And he'll send other people in your life to tell you. And you ain't going to want to hear them either. Man, leave me alone. I don't feel like doing that. And that's God sending people your way. Reminders. Reminders. So now, what was the outcome of Jonah's obedience? And did it just benefit him? What was the outcome? Jonah chapter 3, 5 and 8 says, So the people of Nineveh believed God and proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them even to the least of them. For word came unto the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne, and he laid his robe from them, and covered him with sackcloth, and set in ashes. This was repentance, right? right? The repentance of the land. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published throughout Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything lest them not feed nor drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily unto God. Yea, let them turn every one from his evil way and from the violence that is in their hearts. So because Jonah obeyed, went a place where he was dreading to go because he didn't want to. But when he obeyed God, it said the people believed God. Not only did they believe him, but they showed in their action that they knew who he was because they proclaimed a fast and went into repentance and began to cry out mightily. The only time you cry out mightily to God is when you know who he is. When you know who holds your future. Amen? You cry out mightily. So that obedience did not just benefit Jonah, right? There was a people waiting to hear. There was a people waiting to be saved. That call that's on your life, there's a people waiting to be saved. When you obey God, it's not just going to benefit you. There's a people waiting. Amen? We're all called to a people who's waiting for you. Whose salvation is on hold because of your disobedience? Wow. Isn't that something? You stuck thinking about you and not thinking about the people waiting to be saved. Who God desires to save through you. Amen? That's deep. Also speak about those people fast what happened wow and so my husband said what about if those people you are to reach die before you get there wow where's that blood at it says your hands are red with blood wow blood you want to get that off of you you want to get that off of you wow 
So God sets the end with this, Jonah 3 and 10. And God saw their works. God was watching. That they turned from their evil way. And God repented of the evil that he had said that he would do unto them and did it not. God spared them. Saved a whole area through one man's obedience. That's incredible. Can you, can you believe that? Can you get that into your understanding to know that your life means that much to God? The assignment that he's given you means that much to God and to others that are waiting for you. Wow. Now I'm going to call out this name because God has given me this person on my heart constantly. Prophet Malachi. Can you finally understand and realize how important your life is to God and the people waiting on you to get out of yourself? And preach the word. Wow. Malachi, you got work to do. Amen. Amen. We rebuke depression. Hallelujah. You got work to do for God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Who is God calling you to warn today? Where are you supposed to be? And what are you supposed to be doing? So the question that he said to leave you with was, do you believe you are called or do you know you are called? Hey, that's it. That's the message. Do you know? Do you know? Where you cannot be persuaded otherwise where you know what God has called you to do or do you just believe it? I pray this message blessed you. I pray that it stir up self-examination within you, right? Self-reflection. Get in the mirror and check out your own self. How are you standing? What are you believing? What are you knowing? And what are you doing? Are you stunted, complacent, and stagnant because all you see in the mirror is your face? Or do you see the call? Do you see the people who God wants you to reach? Amen? Now we're going to have the prayer of salvation coming to you from Moses Anderson. Amen. God bless you. Hallelujah. Glory to your name, Jesus. For you are truly worthy of all honor and praise. I give you glory. Amen. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Before we get to that, this Amen. is a quick scripture. Amen. It could be found in Matthew chapter 5, verse 43 and 44. Amen. Ye have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. 
but I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Just about the importance of love. Amen. Hallelujah. And the salvation scripture is in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 10. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Amen. 